Lord, I need something new. Uh oh. I need some things to change. And boy, did they ever change. Welcome to the Disciple Making Youth Ministry Podcast, where we talk about the calling of youth pastors to equip students for the work of making disciples, moving teens from church attenders to disciple makers. Here are your hosts, Joel Friend and Jeremy Collins. Welcome back, everyone. Welcome to episode three of the Disciple Making Youth Ministry podcast. Joel, how are you doing today? I'm doing good. I'm getting getting over a cold, which remember when a cold used to just be a cold? Yes. And now it's a you need to be in your house for five days because people think you have COVID. So so I'm, I'm good, though. I don't have COVID. I had a rapid test. We're good to go. Fantastic. I'm, I'm glad for that. Well, today we're going to be talking through youth ministry during COVID and that initial shift. This is part one of a two-part conversation where in part two, we'll talk through the practical, what we've done and what we've learned. But to start us off today, Joel, you have a, a scripture for us, don't you? Yeah. So um, I've been thinking about this over the course of the last uh, several months now. Uh, there are so many people in so many different places, Jeremy, that I've just had, I had a conversation with somebody yesterday. They, they had just met with their like leadership team for the first time in, uh, in a, almost a year, Wow! like last week. And some of them have new students have come into their ministry that they've only known virtually. I mean, there's just so many different, um, ministries right now and there and of course there's ministries that are still operating at full capacity there's some places that are um you know they haven't seen their kids in almost over a year and there is a lot of there's a big sense if there's people who feel like they are not doing anything you know for especially if you're trying to do these zoom small groups or you know things that are online and you just kind of have these these moments at the end of the uh, end of the day or end of the you know the ministry night where you go did we do anything mm-hmm. and so i wanted to encourage with uh, uh, some scripture here mm-hmm. and this is paul writing to the church in corinth uh, and he says in 1 corinthians 15:58 therefore my dear brothers and sisters stand firm let nothing move you. Always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord, because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. That's so good. Uh, and I really hope that those of you listening heard that, that the work that you're giving to the Lord as, a, as an offering and a sacrifice is not in vain. Just because we don't always see fruit doesn't mean it's not in vain. Yeah. And uh, I, that quote, that scripture reminds me uh, of the many times we would gather in a room at Lauraville mm-hmm. and first opening night, Roger would usually open, uh, usually with a quote from Matt Chandler. He kept coming back to <laughs> time and time yeah, again. He likes Matt Chandler. Um, but it was that idea that the work we're entering into isn't in vain. And I think that's such a good reminder uh, that Zoom work <laughs> isn't in vain. Yeah. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I think that's. I, I hope someone needed to hear that today because I think there's people struggling left and right. And, 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 and a lot of these are part-time people or sure. volunteer capacities are trying to do their best. And they're, they're, they're out there wondering whether or not they're making a difference at all. I just want to let you know, as long as your work is in the Lord, it Amen. will not be done uh, in vain. So why don't, we, uh, why don't we get started here, Sir Jeremy? Yeah, let's talk about this initial shutdown and pivot and the explosion Oh my of- gosh. 
what are we going to do in youth ministry? What was it like for you guys? Well, it was, well, I think first off, I was thinking about it in preparation for this episode. Dude, you and I had just come off an absolutely incredible experience. Tell tell people a little bit more about that. Yeah, so there was a process of trying to get prayer and outreach group started at Pine Richland High School, and we had just had an event with worship and prayer in the, in the auditorium at Pinerson High School where I don't even know how many, but parents, community members, students all gathered and worshiped God in prayer for the high school and we're getting ready to launch. Yeah. And then everything. No, we, I mean, we, well, we were getting, yeah, we were getting ready to launch the outreach portion of that. We sure. had, a, we had a couple of our, you know, uh, to kind of paint a, a little bit of a picture, it was, you know, Jeremy and a couple other people including myself, kind of got together from yep. this area because we're, you know, what are we, like ten, five miles apart, and there's a, there's a high school that's uh, in Gibsonia, PA, and one of the things that's interesting is this has been really hard. It's a really difficult high school to get these sorts of things into them, and Jeremy, I don't know how you worked your magic to make this happen. It, it was not nearly as hard as I thought. I think the administration was open to it more than we initially had yeah anticipated yeah and then i had i had one of my students who goes to a school another high school about another 10 miles from here and she you know she attended that even though it was at another school and she's like i want to bring this to my school and we had thought you know hey we got something really going here this is really exciting i mean it was parents and students and children they were huddled up in the auditorium in a high school praying with one another we had kind of like different modes of prayer we had 85 year old church members show up to support and it just the the body of Christ gathered in a high school auditorium was just beautiful. Yeah, and you you have this vision of like, dude, like this is the future. Like it, this is this is God is going to do so much wonderful work with this. I mean, He's going to bless this. And then you know, I think it was five weeks later, everything shut down. We had just come off a, a wonderful retreat. Mm-hmm. It was like literally the last weekend before any every the world shut down. And so I think, you know, we all had our calendars in front of us. Spring was ready to roll out. We had our summers planned, and then everything was taken away. And so for us, um, I'm just going to say this. Be careful how I say this. Um, I was going to say it a certain way. I'll avoid that because it'll sound insensitive. But I had that previous Monday, so it got shut down, and it was like my wife's birthday. It was, it was March 13th, so now everybody knows when my wife's birthday is. Um, and it was March 13th, that pre- and that was a Friday. That previous Monday, I, I, I often spend time out, and when I had moved, but when, where I was living at the time, I was out in the parking lot, and uh, I often in the morning walk around and pray. And I just had this sense in my heart, and I... I this this is God's way of, or this is uh, one prayer that God will um, will always remind me. Hey, don't ever tell me I don't ever answer any of your prayers. As I remember walking around, I just had this you know this restlessness in my soul where I was like, Lord, I need something new. Oh, I need some things to change, and boy, did they ever! change so it's your fault so that's <laughs> that's what i was avoiding saying because i don't yeah, you know, i know i, I know. don't want to say you know i could say um i was going to say something like you know i uh, i i can't say that that covid was zero percent my fault <laughs> in some regards it was it, it was that power I, I guess the power of prayer i don't know but that prayer was answered well and and 
and I think it was answered in a lot of powerful ways. And as we talk through our episode here, we're going to get to some of that where what what have we taken away mm-hmm. and what has maybe been refined? Uh, yeah, for us, the pivot happened right around the same time. Our leadership met and said, hey, we're not going to meet for eight weeks. And that was no in-person worship. And so at the same time of trying to figure out what to do with online worship and attendance, which we had never had a live stream at our church before. We'd never done any of that. So we were thrown into the deep end real quick. How long do you think it took you guys to get your sea legs under you? We finally started to get a rhythm about four weeks into that eight weeks. Okay. And and so when they decided eight weeks, that took us past Easter. And that was a big a big deal. But we just decided instead of doing this week to week, are we open? Are we not? Are we open? We didn't foresee that it would ever be this long, but I was grateful that we had that. So in that parallel lane, youth ministry made the quick shift to say, okay, what can we do? Zoom popped up. I've never heard of it before COVID and here Zoom is. And we took our ministry onto Zoom and that initial kind of, oh, this is weird. This is strange, but at least we get to do something. Uh, That was our first pivot. Learning curves were crazy. Mm Mm-hmm. And I think there was a lot that came along with that. You know, we didn't end up going to Zoom initially. We sort of did once we got to more of our Bible studies and smaller group stuff. We used uh, YouTube Live. Mm. So what we ended up doing was, re- well, let, let me, I'll, I'll put it this way. We did use Zoom once we figured it out. So we kind of started with this, like, we called it uh, our middle and high school gatherings. Uh, middle school's called The Edge, and high school's called Revolution. And so it was The Edge Live, and it was Revolution Live. And so we had streaming set up. We were doing streaming for just a little bit. It wasn't really good uh, just yet, but we for our Sunday morning services. And then we started using that, and they, we kids would stream in and watch us, and we would have kind of like a fun game. We did find out, however, that there was a 37-second delay between <laughs> between uh, when we said stuff and when kids like could see it wow. because we were trying to play a game and we we're just sitting there in this awkward moment. The first time we found out was just like, where are all the, an- like, is there anybody watching? And then all of a sudden it was like 37 seconds later, boom, 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 boom. And we're like, oh no, like how do we do this? And we just kind of powered through. So there was a lot of those uh, learning curves as well. And I can tell you the very first time where we took on the edge uh, and uh, Revolution Live, I just had this like, I don't like this mm. um, because I missed that portion of what it meant to be for us to be together, but I accepted it. But it was just, it was such a new thing to me. I just didn't feel comfortable and confident with it yet. Were you more tired after a night of digital ministry than a night of in-person ministry? That's a fantastic question. Um because I was exhausted hmm. sitting in front. I, I don't know what the difference was. I'm not an introvert. I don't know if that had to play into it, but doing online ministry was exhausting. And, and so when we were able to finally shift again from Zoom into the summer months, because in Pittsburgh, um, we just kind of go from winter to summer. Spring yeah. doesn't exist. Yeah. And so finally being able to get outside and gather in small groups outside in people's homes in their yards and pools and things like that was our next shift. And boy, was that a welcomed change of pace to the zoom Bible. study. Yeah. And I, okay. To answer your question, I don't know if I was more physically or more, more exhausted as a result of it, but I'll tell you what, it was definitely more of a check the box. Mm. It's like, okay, we did it. We did it done going home. And, um, 
but what we would do once we got Zoom figured out, so we would have our, we'd have a kid stream in, we'd have announcements, we'd have a little game that they participated in. We made it work eventually for the games. We had a little talk and then we had them like log off of YouTube Live and then log into small group rooms via Zoom that they're, that all of their leaders learned how I had to like type up instructions to the leaders and send them out and this is how you set it up. And, and it took a little bit of a time, but it, it worked. And the other thing I found out too uh, for us was that some of our students that we had been with for a while that moved away, they were able to tune in. We had the same thing. Yeah, students that were in different school districts now are out of town. And that, w- that was fantastic. And for us, I would say our middle school, and we have preteen students, so that breaks us down from four, five, and six is preteen, seven and eight is middle school for us, and then high school. Our middle school and preteen students bought in immensely to the digital content our high school kind of kept it at arm's length until Mm. we could get in person over the summer and actually first we tried to just redo youth group on digital and then quickly found out oh this doesn't work and two maybe youth group shouldn't be this way anymore anyway (laughs) yeah um how did you find in your context that how did how did you how did your parents that you you know you minister to and your students that how did they react to everything it was a mixed bag, I would say. I think everyone, it depended upon, were they working virtually? How did that go? I mean, every family had had a challenge, and there was no one that was untouched by that. I would say our communication through email and everything else was more essential than ever, but for many parents, they were just tired. Mm. And for a lot of our leaders, many of our leaders are parents, and so a lot of them just said, hey, I need to take a step back. I, I can't lead right now, yeah. and... So that really fell on our younger leaders mm-hmm. and our uh, our staff, Kaylin and I, to really take the ball. And we're still kind of feeling the effects of that and and the challenge of keeping leaders engaged when their life is just a mess and, and hard to figure out. Yeah, it's another plate to spin. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. So they, they were spinning. <laughs> it's like they were spinning this plate a certain way. And they're like, OK, I got this one. And then all of a sudden this one wobbles out of control. And they're kind of like, OK, I got to address all these other things. I had a leader who, you know, he's like the, an owner of a, a company and uh, and he had to lay off 85 oh. percent of his staff. And he was like, listen, I love you. I love what you're doing, but I can't do it right now. Yeah, I just can't make it happen. So, yeah, that's that's kind of how some of our parents are reacting. And I think the other thing is, well, for our parents, I think they were overwhelmed and they were making the shift like everybody else was and trying to pivot like the rest of us were. And I think it depending on their situation, it was just taxing. But I, I did find out, you know, after some time that parents were at least grateful that their kids had something to look forward to each week. And, and, um, and the, the other thing that we did is once the weather was nice out, you know, uh, myself and, and Sophia, our associate director, uh, we threw like a chair in the back of our uh, cars and we would schedule like outside, like social distancing visits with students. And that was another, you know, that was another way for our parents to be appreciative of like the work that we're doing and what we're trying to do even in the midst of this time. But how, how about your students? Like how did, how did they do? Uh, it was interesting because more students than ever were willing to pick up the phone and talk to engage. I think they, because schools were figuring this out and everything was so strange, they just craved uh, connection and relationship. So we started doing uh, small group Bible studies just at random times of the day. Like I had a middle school 
Bible study with four or five middle school guys just like two o'clock on a, on a Monday mm-hmm. and things that we couldn't actually do other ways because of distance and needing rides, particularly in middle school ministry. Um, all that was taken away. So that was, that was fantastic. But I would also say it didn't take long for it to go from engaging to, I mean, I, I had students who would, wouldn't turn on their video and I'm pretty sure they were playing Madden in the background. Right. Yeah. And what am I going to do? I just want to engage them. So I think it was very quick, the fade from, oh, this is awesome. We're still in ministry to, uh, this isn't what I think of when I think of time with, with students and, and all of us together. So, yeah. Even when I would try to text kids or call kids and they just weren't for it. They just, yep. they, they, it was very short. And, and, and we tried to like, we tried to do these other things where we kind of were like, okay, we're missing like a, a community component, which we tried to do through a, a program that we created via zoom where kids, it was like, I forget, it was high school hangout and uh high school hangout and middle school meetup. So mm-hmm. one was on like Tuesday and one was on Friday and we would hand out prizes and we, they'd play games. And so once again, another thing for our kids to do that we had like a lot of kids show up the first couple weeks and it was just amazing how much that plummeted. And I, I can only imagine we're not the only ones who, who did sure. that. And so what was interesting, I, I think what everything, everybody was trying to do in, in youth ministry at that point is like, um, it was like throwing life rafts and, and, and life vests out to these kids to be like, stay connected to the boat. Like we, like we're, you know, we are, uh, we're trying to be an anchor for you. Please grab onto the lifeboat. And, and kids just kind of drifted away for whatever reason. And that was, uh, gosh, I don't ever want to go through that again, but it was, it's, as we'll talk about in a little bit, it was necessary for us to uh, arrive to where we, we are now, which brings us to our next section. Yeah, after this initial pivot and figuring things out, now there's been a shift yeah. and a change. And we've got a, a few ideas to talk through as this change has happened. And, and the first, we've talked through some, but let's be specific about it. What has been difficult about doing ministry during this time? One of the things that's been difficult has been getting kids to understand why we aren't doing things normally. And I, I, I think they get it, but they don't care. That's been that's been a little bit difficult. Uh, the other thing that's been difficult has been uh, I'll get an amen or a boo no matter what I say about this has been the mask situation. And so we have in in our context we have um, we have you know we're we're wearing masks and uh, we have a, a very strong medical reason for that. I'm not going to get into much of that right now, but we have somebody who's in the medical field who is really, really important in the state of Pennsylvania who happens to go to our church who's giving us some, you know, giving us some good medical advice on how to handle these situations. So we lean more towards, you know, we lean more towards, we we mask up. And we had people opt out because of that. And what you and I, I'm sure, and I'm sure everybody listening would agree, is like you don't want kids to fall through the cracks just because they're not willing to like mask up. But even in our uh, and their parents are, you know, you know, somewhat driving that too. When we try to reach out to, we've had a couple. I've had a couple of parents that I've tried to reach out to, uh, crickets, uh, and I've had a couple of parents I've tried to reach out to. Yeah, had some good conversations. Nothing's come of it just yet. But I'm still. I still want to make that just be like, hey, your kid is really important to us, even though you're not currently, you know, coming for that reason. So we have more students uh, and families that aren't coming because of the mass situation than we do of people who are concerned about safety. 
Um, and so, but I think the important thing is that you still, you know, you don't want to forget those kids. And that's been difficult for me because I don't want to just look at the kids that we do have and be like, okay, great. Well, I guess you're the ones that are here. Mm -hmm. But in some reality, we can only minister to the people who will let us. And, and, and that leads into one of the things that I've found very difficult. Uh, both of you and I have been at this for a while and there's a rhythm of ministry of summer ministry into fall ministry and that rhythm being taken away, no summer trips to bring in new students, which is one of the places for us, and I'm sure for you too, where uh, friends get invited and new students build relationships and are forged in a quick, fast way that then lead into the fall and the fall lead into more trips. And so the loss of some of these trips that would help sustain and and re-energize ministry has been hard, man. And it's caused me to, to look at things differently, and we'll get to that. But, man, I, I miss being able to just jump on a bus and go to Surf City. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, that's something we've done together. I, I miss being able to do fall retreats, and those are things we haven't really even entertained. We're talking about things for this summer that are different because we see the need to bring those students together. Particularly, we've added new students that are like, wait, you go on trips? What do you mean you go on trips? Mm. They have no concept or idea, right? Um, which is fine. They're still coming as a result. But yeah, that's been hard, that loss of uh, a galvanizing moment for our group to come together as a family. Yeah. What positives? And I think this is hmm. kind of, we're getting into this. So, like, so we're, this section's a little bit more about like, okay, where are we now? Like, yeah. I'll ask that question first. What are some positives that have come out of this? The need you? to examine everything. Yeah. At first, I would have said that was a negative, but now that as time has gone on, it's caused me to slow down, to think about why we're doing what we're doing, and to examine everything means it doesn't get put back on the calendar unless it passes the test. Mm. There were a lot of things, and not just in youth ministry, but as a church as a whole, that we were getting busy doing, and yep. we're getting back to the heart of discipleship. That, that's what kind of kindled the fire for this. Sure. has been. I was thinking through this image that I can't get right for this illustration, but I just, I pictured a pantry full of food and you had, you had, um, you know, you had all these resources and these limited opportunities in ministry and you could go any direction that you wanted to. And then someone came in and stole all that away. And now you're left limited, uh, with very few resources and you can't go in any direction that you want to. So I think what, one of the positives, which, by the way, no pun intended, uh, in terms of this this particular <laughs> episode. Anytime someone says no pun intended, you intend. Uh, I mean, I saw it, but I'm going to comment on it. So um, and so I think the I think the thing that boiled down for our ministry, and I think we just met up on this later, was, OK, what are we going to make the primary goal? What are we going to make uh, be the most important thing that we do? Uh, and that we want kids to to be a part of. And uh, we committed to this disciple-making process. We committed to um, we don't do as many games anymore. We don't do... Uh, and, and some of it is because we've lost the ability to have that kind of, you know, interaction. It, depend, it depends on the game. I'm sure you could find some socially distant kind of games. Um, but because our time was limited based on how our ministry is structured, we have middle school and high school back to back right now. So we need to have like a lull time where they kind of leave and like the one group comes out. They don't ever really listen. Uh, well, the one <laughs> group comes out, but then the other group comes in. Uh, and, uh, and so we've kind of taken away those game portions of things. 
I had to talk I had to talk with somebody not too long ago where they I think they kind of saw that there were students leaving their ministry because they weren't playing games anymore. And so if kids are leaving your ministry because they're you're not playing games anymore, you got to ask the question, are they there for the, the are, are, are they seeing the heart behind the reason why you're there? See, I always say uh, to our leaders, hey, listen, the reason why we're here is not always the reason why they're here. We get that, but we are not going to soft pedal the reason why we're here. We're going to keep that in front of them. And so that, that kind of pushed more of a, it would be considered more of a serious night for our students, which we'll get to the, what does that practically look like here in a little bit. But um, which leads me to, you know, the question that we wanted to kind of bring up is, you know, since we've become limited uh, with our resources and our opportunities, uh, I had thrown this question to you a couple days ago. What three ingredients do you think we need to continue the mission of disciple making in students and families' lives? Yeah, I think this is such a good question. And as I was thinking about it this morning and what is it? Uh, here's my three ingredients quite simply starts first with at its core. Disciple making is teaching, teaching the gospel. And then second, our teaching must be in love. Mm. And then third, teaching the gospel in love happens in the context of the church, the body of Christ. Just this idea of disciple making being teaching at its core. That's coming right out of Matthew 28, the great commission, Jesus telling us to go make disciples of all nations. I love that we're on the same page with that. Yeah. And how is it we make disciples of all nations? By teaching them all I have commanded you. Yeah. And I'll be with you to the very end of the age, says Jesus. So this teaching is the way that we make disciples. And it starts with God's word and it flows from an understanding of we are sinners saved by grace through faith in Jesus Christ alone. And that only comes through reading and teaching and meditating on God's word. And if that's not an inherent center core part of our disciple making, we're not actually making disciples. Mm -hmm. we're, we're, or we're making disciples, but we're not making disciples of Jesus. Yeah. We purposely did not it did not tell each other what the three ingredients were. At all. No, we didn't. So, all right, I'll break mine down real quick. So I, I, I put it in an acronym, CTT. So ingredients in the disciple-making process, CTT, community, teaching, and tools. Uh, so community, it's Hebrews 10, 25, it says, do not forsake meeting together. Uh, helping students know that they are part of the body of Christ, and not just on Sundays, uh, but that they're active in service inside mm -hmm. and outside of the church, and that they, they're, they're being a part of a small group. They're being a yep. part of Christian community, and that they're receiving soul care uh, from other Christians. The other is teaching, uh, and I have down here Matthew 28, 20, uh, and, and it's two things. You know, it's not only knowing God's Word themselves, which we'll have I think uh, I think in a couple of weeks we have a, an episode on you know the Bible itself and biblical literacy, but knowing God's word, but being able to teach God's word to others. So it's one point where they're receiving that, but then they are being kind of equipped in a way so they could teach it to others, which is then moves me on to my last one, which is tools, which comes from you know Ephesians four twelve and Philippians one nine. Mm. Um, so it's not only understanding the scriptures, not only knowing. Uh, their spiritual gifts and using them, uh, and but also it's developing their spiritual disciplines uh, and spiritual practices uh, so that they could have those tools on their own to own their faith and then help other people own their faith. Those are so good, uh, and I love how we we came at the same thing. We're saying a lot of the same things, just a little differently. Uh, your point about the community. 
I think, cannot be overstated. This idea that that Jesus never came and had in mind that discipleship was a a lone wolf activity. Yeah. That you would just do it on your own and that Peter would go off and do it on his own and, and Paul goes off and does it on his own, but it's all centered around this community being built, the church. And, and that gets into a whole nother topic about youth ministry in the church. If our youth ministry, even as we say here at the onset of our podcast, we're trying to help teenagers go from church attenders to disciple makers. Disciple makers find their community in the church. They're not doing this alone. There's a local church congregation body that they're a part of, and that might look like a youth group, but they don't graduate from youth group and never come back to church. Disciple making is a lifestyle that is lived out in this community and we're held to that accountability. So I think that is so essential to landing where disciple making has the ends of growing the family of God. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Well, that's where we're going to leave it at today. In our next episode, we are going to talk about some of the practical changes that we've made uh, during this time and that we're continuing to do now. And so I want to say thank you so much for joining us. And if you haven't already, please subscribe on whatever platform you're on for podcasts and give us a rating, hopefully a five-star one. Uh, And uh, if you have any questions or comments for us, please, you can reach us at disciplemakingym at gmail.com or we're on Instagram at disciple underscore making underscore ym. So we hope you guys have enjoyed this episode and we hope you check out part two. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Disciple Making Youth Ministry Podcast. We sure do hope you enjoyed it. If you haven't done so already, make sure you subscribe wherever it is you consume your podcasts. We hope you have been encouraged by what you have heard and you're ready to jump into the hard work of disciple making. Catch you on the next one.